Welcome to the Forest and the Trees, global and local perspectives on the environment with your host, Melinda Tuhus. Well, we're in April and April is, uh, some people call it climate month. It's uh, Earth Day is April 22nd and there's always a lot going on. So I have a couple of guests on uh, my show today. And the first one is Senna Weiser, who is um, a student at, I think a senior already, which I can't believe. at UConn and uh, a, an already long time leader of Sunrise Connecticut and one of the folks organizing uh, an Earth Day action on Earth Day, which is April 22nd. So welcome to the show, Sana. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. So yeah, why don't you just to start off, tell us what's going to be happening when and where and who will be involved and who yeah. invited. Okay. For sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like you said, my name is Sana Weiser and I co-direct or sorry, I direct Sunrise Connecticut um, and Sunrise has been working for the past few months to put together a climate strike for Earth Day, which is Friday, April 22nd. Um, and so basically what we're looking to do is work with coalition coalition members to really call attention to the fact that Connecticut is not doing nearly enough to um, address climate change at the scale of the issue that it is. And so what we've done is we've been meeting with um, a lot of different organizations from, you know, organizations focused specifically on the environment to um, to those, you know, with a, with a slightly different focus, but all working together to put together this event um, for Earth Day. And so at this point, um, our main demand is that Governor Lamont uh, direct the Connecticut Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, or DEEP, to stop permitting all new fossil fuel infrastructure. And so that's kind of one, one big demand for the event. And then we're also um, still working with some um, with someone from the Mashantucket tribe to hopefully elevate some tribal concerns um, to kind of make sure that we're doing, uh, you know, a, a good job reflecting environmental justice concerns um, from Connecticut, specifically in relation to Indigenous tribes. So um, that's kind of, I guess, the the purpose of the event. In addition to that, I would just say it's also about um, bringing young people into into climate action and ensuring that they know that they have a voice. So we're working with a lot of schools from high schools to colleges uh, to bring students to the event as well. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, Yeah. So like I said, Friday, April 22nd, we have um, the first part of the event from 2 to 3 p.m. And that will be an opportunity for folks to meet organizations and get more involved. And then 3 to 5 p.m. is the strike itself with speakers, performers, and a little action um, at the end. Okay. Can you say more now about the little action at the end or no? I can say more, yes. (laughs) Um, Basically, what we're planning to do is we're going to have a banner there during the entire event where folks can write their own demand for the governor and for the state as a whole. And then we're going to take that banner, we're going to walk into the legislative office building, um, be joined by hopefully by some representatives and senators, we're still working that part out, but be joined by them and then march back to the Capitol through like the underground tunnel um, and deliver the banner and our demands to Governor Lamont or to his office. Right. Okay, great. Um, And uh, who's invited to, to come? Everybody is invited. Everybody's invited. Uh, we're going to have a lot of really great speakers and performers. So I think it will be a really, you know, incredible opportunity for folks from every, every walk of life, every background, students, non-students, anybody uh, to come and to learn more, to learn how to get involved. 
and to also hear some really, yeah, really incredible speakers and performers. Okay, and there's no age limitation, in other words. No age limitation, no, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not at all. Okay. Not younger or older. Okay, sounds no. good. So <laughs> when you said the demand is for no new fossil fuel uh, mm -hmm. uh, approvals, we, we, of course, must point out that um, until fairly recently, one of our biggest demands was uh, that the Killingly frack gas power right. plant not be built, and now it's not going to be built. So yes. <laughs> we can take a little, uh, you know, pat on the back and thanks to everyone who helped make that happen. Um, so that was, that is exciting. Um, so uh, in terms of, you know, where we are, cause you've been doing this now uh, as a leader of, of uh, well, um, Sunrise Connecticut and maybe before Sunrise Connecticut existed even. Um, where, how do you, look at where we are now with this fight uh, to save the planet and ourselves from climate catastrophe, you know, yeah. compared to where we were, you know, maybe three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think in some ways it's almost hard to answer that question just because like personally so much has changed as an activist as I came into this space with not a lot of experience on climate activism specifically, although I'd been doing environmental work previously, but um, I guess I would say, uh, you know, we we have a long way to go. There's a lot that has not been done. And I don't think that Connecticut or the United States or the globe as a whole is acting on climate change, you know, nearly at the scale of the crisis that it is. Um, despite that, I am hopeful and I, I'm going to stay hopeful. I, I really hope because um, I am excited and invigorated by the number of people who are involved in this fight and who are working really hard to protect communities and help us, you know, build a more positive future. And so for that reason, I am very hopeful. And I think that there have been victories like stopping killingly, um, you know, and, and other kind of victories that might, I guess, might feel small, but in reality, at least to me, are a really big deal, um, especially because, you know, so many of us fought so hard for, for all of those steps. So. I guess there's, yeah, there's definitely some negative, but um, also positive. Okay. So, you know, I hesitate to bring it up as an older, quite a bit older person talking to a young person, but I, you know, with the war in Ukraine, it just seems mm -hmm. like, first of all, it, it knocked everything, everything else, climate yeah. issues and every other issue off, off the media, almost a hundred percent, but it's, it's even worse than that because because of the nature of the war and, you know, Russia supplying so much, especially gas, but other fossil fuels to Europe. Now, right. you know, the companies in the U.S. and the U.S. government is, you know, and our, our climate president Biden is saying, you know, releasing the um, you know, a million barrels, a, a gallon, million gallons a day or a million barrels a day. I can't remember mm -hmm. which um, of the strategic oil reserve and, and basically scolding uh, companies that aren't uh, putting, you know, that already have leases approved that aren't already, you know, digging for the fossil fuels. He said, hurry up, come on, dig up some more. Um, mm -hmm. I, I find it pretty, um, you know, I, like, it's just so hard to, for me to believe, even though I've been saying this for 10 years, that people don't care about their own children and grandchildren who are promoting all this, you know, fossil fuel development. So, um, I think it's good to be positive, and obviously, we don't want people to be so distressed about things that they just sort of give up and, you know, just watch TikTok videos all day. But, 
but you know, I, I just I just wonder how maybe if you're not feeling um, you know, pretty uh upset about that what about your peers I mean are you in touch with people who really feel like wow how can this be happening I mean yeah and I'm feeling that way too and I think yes everybody is feeling that way and I mean my family is from Romania which is right under Ukraine so it's been horrifying to see what's happening there and it's it's really hard to wake up to that news every morning um and like you're saying you know there's been a lot of <laughs> kind of moving backwards because of, of the Russian oil. Um, so yeah, I guess it, what I was saying before, it's not to, to say that that's not true and that's not how myself and certainly my peers are feeling. I mean, I'm going to protests on pretty much a weekly basis that are happening at UConn and there's a lot of outrage about many, many issues. Um, and so there is definitely that going on. And I guess the reason that I was emphasizing the positive before is not to mitigate that. And it's not to say that that's not true or not important. It's just that over the last year, I guess I did really struggle with that burnout because I was so focused on how we were not doing enough and how we have so much farther to go. And while that is very true, um, focusing kind of almost exclusively on that um, was not good for me and I I mean I guess that's not good for a lot of other folks either and and definitely was um yeah pushing me towards towards burnout and to not be able to do this work over the long term which is something that really scared me and I really want to do this work um because I do really care about it and I love it um and so I guess yeah that's that's why I was emphasizing the positive um but yeah I mean it's it's hard to see what's going on in Ukraine and it's hard to see um the ways that that's affecting climate change in a yeah really negative way. Right, right. Well, thanks, thanks for no, sharing. Thanks. I, I, I always hesitate to <laughs> raise, raise the negative, but I, I yeah. just, we without getting you know completely uh, you know deciding to throw in the towel. It, it's important to realize you know that things really are pretty um, uh, dire. So. Um, on that note, just remind us again, <laughs> what is going to be happening on, on, on Earth Day on April 22nd? Yeah, so I guess it's going to be kind of a culmination of both that anger and that, you know, being really enraged about what's happening um, and also of the hope and belief in something better. And so we will be gathering um, at the state capitol in the north steps, the back steps. Um, to demand more and to demand better and um, to demand that we are protecting our communities and ensuring that people have a safe and a livable planet moving forward. Um, And so again, demands will be directed at the governor, they'll be be directed at the state legislature and really, you know, anyone who is in a position of power or influence that um, can hopefully make a change for the positive and, and help us, you know, use their power, I guess, to to ensure that we are adequately addressing climate change. Okay, and just the hours again are from when to when? Yeah, so two to so I guess it's kind of two start times, which I know may, makes the messaging a little bit difficult. But uh, two to three p.m. We're going to have an opportunity for folks to get involved with organizations and to meet um, different groups from around Connecticut. And then three to five p.m. will be the actual strike. Um, and there is more information and we're also kind of updating it as we, we you know, confirm speakers and all of that um, on the Action Network work page, which is bit.ly slash Connecticut Earth Day 2022. 
Great. Okay. Thanks so much. So I've been speaking with Senna Weiser, who is uh, a college senior at UConn and the uh, Connecticut director of Sunrise Connecticut. So um, before I let you go, Senna, tell me you're 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 planning to graduate in in May or the end of the year or yeah, May eighth, I graduate. <laughs> oh my! And so what's your what's your major and what do you what's next for you? Yeah, so I'm an environmental studies major, um, and after this, I'm planning to work in policy um, and try and, you know, continue influencing climate and environmental policy, hopefully at a national level, but we'll see how things go. I, I'm not too positive yet, I guess, um, what's happening next. But Okay, all right. Well, great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for all your work, and uh, we'll see you at the uh, Capitol on April 22nd. Sounds good. Okay, take care.
That was the inimitable Neil Young with Shut the Whole System Down. Next up is Tanea Taylor, who's executive director of the Nonprofit Accountability Group and the lead organizer for an Earth Day event that's happening in Hartford on Saturday, April 23rd. Welcome to the show, Tanea. Hi, good to be here. So just start by, by telling people what's going to happen on the 23rd. Sure, yeah. Um, the 23rd was a group of um, environmental, racial justice, and climate activists that came together wanting to do something for, for the community on Earth Day because we know that um, marginalized communities, Black, Brown, rural, disabled, um, trans, um, LGBTQ community are like disproportionately affected by um, climate change and environmental um, injustice. So we wanted to do an event that would give back to the community instead of you know intruding and giving people things that they don't really want or need. Um, so the, the emphasis is on racial justice, mutual aid and resource sharing is along with education. So we have a bunch of people tabling to vend um, different organizations around Hartford in Connecticut and a bunch of food and activities for the for the kids and the families. That sounds terrific. Talk about as you said the people, uh, black and brown and rural and disabled and LGBTQ people are not represented very well in the uh, environmental movement or climate movement. I think a lot of people would be surprised by this, but there's actually data that shows the most concerned people, the group of people most concerned about climate change are Latinos in the US followed by African-Americans. So. Um, and, and like you said, it's because, or at least partly because they experience the most direct impacts already. So it's something, you know, that they see every day in their neighborhoods. Talk about your interaction with, you know, the sort of uh, mainstream, let's call it, and white, mostly white uh, climate movement in Connecticut. What's that been like? Um, I can start from early, though, just to say, like, my experience um in like, you know, learning about environmentalism was a very like white experience when I was going to a school in a whiter neighborhood. We had like a really lit Earth Day and we learned a lot about, you know, just like early childhood education of ways to, you know, keep the earth um, healthy. So that was like, you know, my first upbringing and, and that was like one of the last times where I was in that type of space um, because then I went to like, you know, more urban schools and, you know, different areas where there was no emphasis. So coming back to that, running the organization and um, working towards racial, racial equity, I've been in these circles where they're predominantly, you know, not black people in them. And oftentimes I'm like the only black person in the room. So it can be very alienating and frustrating um, and just kind of is telling about why some of us, you know, are absent in certain spaces, but also, you know, doing work in our own spaces, like you said, because there is still a concern. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just sort of speaking personally as, as a white person in the climate movement, I think a lot of us have good intentions, but you know, it's, it's not about the intention, it's about the impact. So, and I know that you, in, in organizing for your April event, you've been working with um, both uh, other African-American activists, mo I guess mostly from Hartford, but also other, you know, white climate activists coming together, but under the leadership of 
the African-American members of the community. So how does that feel different compared to the what you just were talking about? Um, I, I think like that this is something that's really needed, but only because there is some resource sharing happening and the racial, the equity is being created in that way, because it's really hard to be engaged in this work when those from certain communities are coming at the table, not having the same resources um, and access to certain to certain things. So the fact that we were able to collaborate and come together on this event with a lot of people making their contributions, it's been very, very equitable. And we have had a good mix of participation because people have been you know, compensated and um, uplifted and given a platform. Yeah, that's really different, um, that, the idea that you know, people would be compensated for doing this work is, I think that's really, I guess that's pretty important. And uh, you would agree, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, we all should be compensated at the end of the day. Like, you know, equity is about, you know, just making sure like we're all on, on a level playing field. Sure. Talk a little bit about um, some of the environmental and climate problems, the issues that you see in Hartford that you want to raise up. Um, so yeah, the more the more I learn about like you know what it means, what the environment means, it's just like everything that's around us. So you know, with my work at the nonprofit accountability group, the fact that we were engaged in um, you know more um, housing justice and um, abolition, criminal justice reform, I'm seeing especially like a lot of intersections there in the conversation around environmentalism um, with our press release and some statements that we wanted to put out before and during the event, we're talking about like how, um, you know, climate impact, um, especially heat islands, um, energy burdens are all very intersectional to, to the work that we've been previously been doing. And um, a lot of people don't realize that, especially with like criminal justice reform, the fact that some of the hottest institutions um, aren't being cooled, um, it's a real issue. Yeah, there's there's actually a, a group that I learned about because I I'd done a lot of reporting both about environmental issues and also about criminal justice issues or injustice issues. And there's a group that actually works nationally on the intersection, like you were just saying, of, of climate and prisons and talking about how, I mean, it's bad enough to be in prison. And then if it's like so hot, you can't stand it. I mean, I it would just, I mean, I get really annoyed and angry and frustrated and like I have a short fuse if I have to be in a hot place and yep. I just that must be so terrible for people who you know can't get out of a place like that and also you know when there were uh, disasters like uh, after Katrina but it's happened in other places too down in New Orleans where you know the people in the jail there were almost left to just drown I mean they got out is most or all of them, I think, got out eventually, but it must have been pretty terrifying to feel like you're just sort of left behind. And, you know, this this climate related disaster hits and you don't have any uh, any agency to, you know, to protect yourself. So if there really are. Uh, I'm glad you raised that. There really are connections in all those arenas. I'm, I'm speaking with Tanea. Taylor, who is the executive director of the Nonprofit Accountability Group and the lead organizer for a really uh, exciting event coming up in Hartford on April 23rd uh, as, part of, uh, as part of Earth Day, the day after the official Earth Day. That weekend, I guess there's going to be celebrations all weekend. Um, can you say any more about what's going to happen in terms of maybe some of the 
performers or some of the speakers. I think that, and, and just before you do that, th this is open to everyone, right? You want people to come, not just from Hartford, but people from around the state. Yeah, we definitely need everybody to come around and be in solidarity, you know, for the wellness of the earth and, and the environment. And um, just to talk about some of the speakers a little bit and, and performers. So we have, you know, Mixa Sean, myself, I'm an MC performing, MBS Malay, um, Corinne from Power Up CT. These are speakers and performers who we know have um, ties to like, you know, social causes and social justice. So we really try to be intentional about who we ask to be in the space. Um, and these are folks who have been like very environmentally mindful. So I'm excited about this lineup. Yeah, I've, I've heard Mixashan for years and he is a wonderful, I, I guess he's an Afro-Indigenous person. I think that's how he identifies and uh, wonderful music. It's just, I'm really excited to see him again. And I will be learning for the first time about some of the people you mentioned, because I am not familiar with them so much. But and then I don't know if you can say yet, if you know, uh, groups that will be tabling. Can you what, whatever, you know, so far, I guess there might be more coming up. But do you know enough to say who's going to be there? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I want to also shout out Hartford Proud, which is um, a youth drumming group. So they'll be performing um, and finishing us off. I'm super excited about that. Terry Starks, thank you so much. Uh, some of the groups that are going to be tabling is Sunrise Connecticut, the NAACP, Kamora's Cultural Corner, Heaney Park Sustainability Project, the Connecticut Oral Health Initiative, um, just a few. And all of these um, organizations are from different parts of the nonprofit sector. But again, we want to talk about intersectionality and mutual aid. So we um, invited groups who um, have a focus on like services and giving back to the community. Right. That sounds, and I know the group that I'm part of that, how I connected with you, the Connecticut Climate Crisis Mobilization or C3M, as we say, uh, will also be there to, to just be part of it and to share, you know, some information and learn a lot about, you know, some of these other issues. I, I wanted to go back. We don't have too much time left, but I, I, I just wanted to go back to the housing issue for a minute because I know, um, and I, I believe is, is Leticia Colón de Mejia, is she going to be speaking? Leticia, I know we have her as um, a tabler uh, for the Eco Warriors. So um, Leticia will be present there, um, Operation Fuel and Sierra Club as well. Okay. One thing I learned from Leticia Colón de Mejia, uh, who runs a, a energy efficiency company, but also has a nonprofit dedicated to promoting energy efficiency, is all the barriers that exist in especially low-income housing that prevent uh, renters, especially from even getting energy efficiency work done, um, like mold or asbestos or just, you know, other things that have to be taken care of first. And to me, I guess that's, that's a really important connection between housing and, and climate. And I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about that, especially in Hartford, because I'm not as familiar with Hartford, I'm down in New Haven. Yeah, um, you know, right now, I don't know if people know, but there's a high number of evictions happening, especially in Hartford. Hartford has the top number, so there's a housing crisis. So like if you're, you know, not even a renter, you, you, don't, you don't have an energy to, to deal with if you're homeless um, and you're on the streets. And I think the environmental impact of you know, not have not being housed is great because you're using more disposable products. You're go through all these means to to stay like sheltered and, and healthy. So it's um an environmental crisis in that way as well. Right. So we need to wrap up. Just um, tell our listeners one more time all the details, the time and place of of your uh, Earth Day event, and and we'll sign off. 
our Black Lives Matter Community Climate Free Event in Hartford will be at Keeney Park Pond House, 383 Edgewood Street in Hartford um, from 1 to 4 p.m. Uh, family friendly, bring your folks, come on down, wear a mask, rain or shine. Ah, okay. Now, wear a mask. That's not in the, do you want people to do that if even if they're outside? Because that that that's not in effect in the state anymore. Is that something that you want to see happen? Yeah, it won't, it, it won't be like, you know, we won't double down, but I think it's safer since we are crowding, we will be in the pond house um, inside with food. So if folks can bring their masks. Gotcha. So the in, there, there will be an inside portion. That's important. Right. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Tanea, for joining me. And uh, I'll be joining you on April 23rd. Yay. You've been listening to The Forest and the Trees, global and local perspectives on the environment with your host, Melinda Tuhus. Tune in on the second Saturday of every month at 9.30 a.m. here on WPKN 89.5 FM for more environmental news you can use.